Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry. Scoop. Corey Perry. Lilia able to shake away from Solani. It's given away to Solani. Around in front. Hey everybody! Uh, internet's finally working, and Yay. Uh, all three of us are here, which is nice. It's been quite some time. I feel like we haven't done a show in like two months, but I think it's been more recent than that, guys. Yeah, no, it's really it's, it's August, so it's been like a month and a half. Yeah, well, yeah. like we we started to, but uh, Ed let us down again. It's always the yeah. Canadian something or other, man. They just they can't get their stuff together, man. I don't get it. The last one, the last one was perfect, except yeah. I chose Bell over Rogers, and their uh, their internet was horrible. So I like yeah. how you went from eight megs to two hundred megs. Like, it's how yeah. does one company like, yeah, we can't help you. The other company's like, ah, oh, we got you, dude. Yeah, we got you, <laughs> and then we really got you. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so everyone used to chip in and pay Ed's cancellation fee for his internet because I'm sure he signed oh, a contract. Oh, it's free. Oh, it's, it's free. free. <laughs> yep. Oh, nice. <laughs> Usually they lock you into some sort of contract, right? Where, I like, know. I thought I was going to be locked in, but I don't have to pay anything. Oh, that's very nice. Sweet. Such nice people in Canada. They're like, oh, no, you uh, don't need any cancellation fee. It's fine. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> well, we have a lot to cover. We had the rookie face-off uh, last week. Training camp, um, which I'm not happy about, started this weekend, but I'm kind of pissed because... For whatever reason, it's closed to the public. I haven't seen the reason why. I wasn't on Twitter much yesterday. Um, so that's the most recent news. Plus, we've got all the trade rumors, uh, updates on players, and uh, just some banter. We haven't had a chance to talk to you guys in quite some time. So 
Let's get started with the... Let's just go with the rookie face-off, because uh, I want to talk about Five Points Arena a bit, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed the first game, which sucked. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's talk about first the way the Ducks let you watch these games. I can't remember what team it was, but I think it was Detroit. Streams the game on YouTube so everybody can watch it. Like, it doesn't matter who, where you are, where you're from, you can watch the game. And then the Ducks announced that they're going to stream the game, but again, they just limit it to the local market. So you can't watch the game. So I missed the first <laughs> game. I had to download a VPN to watch the second game. This VPN, I'm not going to mention it, but it cost two ninety. Said it said it cost two ninety nine a month, right, to get this VPN. A Canadian. Then, then they charge for three years. They charged me the full amount for three years. So I had to call <laughs> them. I had, to, I had to call them. <laughs> and re, I had to get a refund for it because they charged me like $180 up front. <laughs> so then I missed the third game, too. I was working anyway, but I missed the third game. But then I, I they, uh, the Ducks have it so you can watch them again after. So I watched both of them. But I only really fully caught the second game live. Still don't understand why they don't want to expand the viewing <laughs> for people who may just not happen to live in Southern California. They still buy your stuff. They still root for your team. Let people see it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it at all. That's so shitty. I don't understand how other teams are like, yeah, let's put it. I didn't know they put it on YouTube. That's Detroit. Yeah, Detroit I, I think it, it was YouTube. Detroit. I th- if somebody did, I'm pretty sure it was Detroit. But some one of the teams did on YouTube. is just free. Just watch it. Which, I mean, the Ducks could do <laughs> if they're supporting a streaming platform. They're streaming the game. Just put it out to everybody. Just put it on YouTube or put it somewhere where we can all watch it. They have, like, the Ducks Gaming Twitch channel. Just put, just put it on there. Then everybody can watch it. You you get everybody involved in it. I don't know what if they have a deal or something or what's the point of having it. Like, that whole entire face-off tournament. Like, a, if you wanted to watch the Colorado game. Uh, Colorado versus Vegas, you had to be in one of those two markets as well. So it wasn't just the Ducks, it was everybody involved in that tournament. Uh, and what's crazy, too, is uh, the arena's amazing. You figured they would want to show it off to everybody. They did a great job. That ice facility is incredible. That if you guys come out this year, um, you and the fam, we got to go by there and check it out and skate around that area. Um, Because it's it's nice, man. It's state-of-the-art. It's great. But there was problems in the arena, too. (laughs) I mean, Jason yeah. and I, we could tell you all day oh about my gosh, how awesome the service was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, we, we couldn't, uh, not, not only could we not get drinks or get food, I, I asked for my food twice. They didn't bring it. I canceled it, and then they brought it 30 minutes after I canceled <laughs> the food. <laughs> like, it was like an hour gone by. I'm like, no, no, this is, uh, just take it back. I'm done. And then we could get anyone to, to give us their bill. Eventually, we just had to slap money down and go, I hope this covers it. I think it does. And, that was it. And who knows do. if they got it? I would if I mean yeah. some random guy's like, "Oh, sweet, forty bucks." Like, could not get anyone. I had to wave my. I was waving my card. No one came came to to bother me. I was at the bar. There was, it was like I wasn't <laughs> hiding in a corner somewhere. It was it was odd. <laughs> they yeah, gotta well, get that fixed. The thing, yeah, great people. Everyone's very very nice. It just seemed like it was like first day at work for fifty people. It was like yeah, a, it was a tough go. Which it, was, it kind of pretty much is, right? Yeah, and it's like for the busiest thing they've done there. That that was incredibly exactly, busy. Yeah. So I'm not trying to completely say it's awful, but it was like, wow, man, like this is this is not they a smooth, smooth running ship. Very good beers. Good beers yeah, food wasn't bad. It either looks like a really came. nice arena too. Like yeah. it, it, I just saw from the outside clips that they showed, it looks really nice, and yeah. inside too. So yeah, no. rookie face off. Um, 
what was the big standouts to you, Ed, the games that you saw? I had to unfortunately leave for some family events on Saturday and couldn't make it back out Sunday. But, Jason, you caught some of the game, and I know, Ed, you watched. I mean, most of the Kings-Ducks game is the one I was interested in and I read a lot about. But, like, who popped out to you guys? Uh, from the guys who you kind of expect, right, like the guys who could make the team or the guys who've been there before, I think, surprisingly enough, like, Troy Terry was pretty good. Sam Steele had his moments. Like, Comtois was, was decent. Lundestrom just kind of looked like his normal self where he just doesn't do anything great, but he's just good. But Kiefer Sherwood yeah. was great in, in probably all three games but really games one and two he was excellent in both those games he didn't have a bad game in game three either but uh, he was better than all of them which was a little bit surprising I think he is kind of older than most of them but he is the guy that maybe you wouldn't expect to be doing better than Troy Terry or Sam Steele and you know maybe it's because he has more to prove right he has to kind of stand out a bit more than those guys to make the team not to say Terry and Steele are locks but they kind of are, are the closest thing you can get right now to being a lock on on this team. And Kiefer Sherwood has something to prove, and, and he sure proved it. I, I hope it results in a roster spot for him, but uh, he was very, very impressive. Yeah, he had a lot of tenacity in the, the game against the L.A. I mean, he was just, just flying all over the place, uh, just hounding the puck, hounding players. It just it didn't seem like uh, any shift he took, there was any sort of lull in his game. So, uh, you know, if he's fighting for more of that fourth, maybe maybe third-line role, you kind of need those guys to have that energy and never take a shift off uh, when they have it. So, uh, yeah, he, he, did, he stood out to me just, uh, just all over the place, first one to everywhere, it seemed like. Did it uh, did it pop out to you guys at all that Max Jones was one of only two of the, of the rookies who played in all three games? So maybe they're giving him a longer look. I think so. Who was the other guy? Oh, I thought it was Comtois. No, or Comtois. Terry? Yeah, yeah, I thought Comtois. Comtois. Okay, I, I, that kind of makes sense because again, you look at Steele, Terry, Jones, Comtois. If you had to pick two out of those, I think Steele's the Steel easiest Terry, lock yeah. because of center the center depth. depth the Ducks have, and then I think Troy Terry. Is probably, you know, the, the fact that on right wing, it's really just Silverberg and Kasha. Troy Terry kind of slots in nicely there. But on the left, there's so much room for the Ducks to kind of work around. There, there's a lot of guys in the way when you look at uh, Richie and Raquel and Devin Shore, uh, Delorier, Grant, like all those guys. You might want to get a better look from Max Jones and Max and Conto, especially if only one of them is going to make the roster, which probably only one of them will. It's good to get a longer look at both of them. And, and I would... I guess I would say Max Jones looked better of the two of them, but they were pretty even. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really feel like that they've got they've got a spot for Jones on this team. I think that they could they could create a space for him on on a team like that. And he's the type of power forward that I think that would thrive under this new system built with speed because he's got it. I, I think he and and Comtois are probably the two that I would see making this team. If you maybe if you want to look at like at the rookies as a whole, maybe like some outlier chances. I think those two are the closest. Yeah, they're, they're, they're guys I want to see play for sure. I want to see how they kind of do under the new system and see if they can flourish, especially Max Jones. I don't think he was really given much of an opportunity under the other one, and he still did really well as far as the eye test and uh, uh, his uh, how he was dynamic, even though the goal scoring wasn't quite there. So either one will benefit by still going down to San Diego and getting more time on top lines and still kind of getting that. There is a little bit of that log jam there. So it'd be interesting. I think uh, those two are going to have to kind of fight it out, but you can't, you can't just have, you know, six 
rookies out there all trying to make it work or, you know, semi-rookies out there trying to make it work. And I don't think they're going to try and do that. They're better suited instead of third and fourth line to be a first or second line down in San Diego. Uh, Ricky said Comtois didn't play all three games. It was Hunter Drew. Hunter Drew, okay. Played all three I thought games. it was Comtois that played all three. My bad. No, but I think Comtois still played two. And you you need to get a little bit of a longer look, I think, at him because of the small sample size he had last year in the NHL and the fact that out of most of these guys, he played at the, the lowest level where he played at the QMJHL. So I think you know, if I had to pick a guy who should have played three games, it probably would have been uh, Max maxim come to because i'd want to get a longer look at him mm. but i think they they had so many wingers at this tournament especially a lot of guys that they're getting a first look at like Braden tracy actually looked really good in the games that he was in and he did score too off of a, kind of a typical play that he's patented his play style around where he kind of curled and dragged and uh, beat the i think it was sachenko who was in well, yeah he, he was able the, to change the angle on the on the bottom of the circle right the the quick pull yeah. into, into the skates yeah, and, and that's something he's he's not the fastest guy, but he has this kind of deceptive speed where he, you know he doesn't look like a fast guy and he doesn't really skate fast all the time, but he can kind of kick it into another gear where he can use it to get by guys, and he did that on that play. And then he kind of just took his time and then curled and dragged and got a better shooting angle and picked the top corner on Sachenko. And, yeah. you know, for a guy in his first tournament playing with a lot of older guys on the team and maybe pushed down a depth, depth chart a bit, I think he did really well. You know, he got a, a good opportunity in the game that I saw and the game where he scored, he got put on the top line. So I, I want to see more from him. I, I'm going to watch a lot of him in the WHL this year. So I'm, I'm kind of impressed. And, and, you know, with the pick, that's the second uh, – that's the pick they got back in the Montour trade, right? So a lot of people are going to be looking at Braden Tracy and seeing what he can do. I think that's going to be – I mean, everyone knows how good uh, Zagres is going to be or has the potential to be. Uh, but there is some risk. But I think the Ducks could really, really win – if, if Braden Tracy turns into being somebody that's that's like a 20-25 goal scorer in the league eventually, right? I mean, that's he's got the skill, I think, to be a sneaky good player. He does, he does. Uh, a little bit raw still, I think, and, and for some people, they had him higher than where the Ducks took him, and some people had him in the second mm-hmm. round because he didn't play, like last year was his rookie season in the WHL because he decided to go back to, uh, I forget what, I think it's, triple a or whatever he went he went back to the league below major junior for one extra season so last year was his rookie year so people are just seeing the beginning of him and he played with two overagers last year in the whl so his stock was kind of all over the place a little bit but uh, i think he's kind of a diamond in the rough i think he potentially could have been a top 15 pick in this draft and the ducks you know this is kind of their typical guy they like to go after a bigger guy can kind of play good in both both zones and he's a very very good shooter which is something they need right now when you look at the fact that they couldn't score any goals last year and Andre Kasha was really the only consistent goal scorer they had so you know he's probably a couple years away but if he pans out that that's a huge win for the Ducks in that Montour trade let's move on to training camp um why is it close to the public does anybody know anybody (laughs) listening know I didn't see a reason this is usually where where I go uh, at this time of year, I'm usually at the rink watching training camp. I'm really bummed new coach, new rules, right? I guess I heard someone comment like there's not enough netting, like there is at Anaheim Ice at Gray Park to protect people. I'm like they played games there though. I don't know if that's yeah. really a. I was like that makes yeah. no sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they had an arena full of people, people walking around even. So at uh, the rookie, so I don't know how it could be all that much uh, different you know, with them just taking practice shots versus a full on game. But I guess more pucks, more opportunities to get hit. I, I guess. 
I, I was interested by the lines that they had at training camp because there's I figured like twenty. I had a, the file up here that said how many forwards were there. Uh, they had thirty four forwards. So there was some lines that you would normally see, I guess, during the regular season. They had Richie Getzlaff and Terry Raquel Steele, Silverberg, and Comtois, Henrik, and Kasha. Uh, and then somebody had put out, I didn't see it, but somebody had said that Delore, Rowney, and Grant were Ugh. together. And and those were the only four lines that we saw. But there's 34 forwards. So there was obviously a lot more lines that were run. There's a lot of rookies at this camp as well. Braden Tracy's there. Antoine Moran's there. Benoit Olivier grew there. Those are guys we don't expect to make the team, but I'm sure there were lines there. I think the most interesting thing is we heard nothing about Jones, Shore, Sprong, or Sherwood. Uh, being anywhere in that top line period. Obviously, none of, like these lines might not be the same today. Or if they're practicing today or the next time they have uh, practice, it could be different lines. But interesting, you know, Sherwood had a great rookie faceoff like we talked about, and Jones was a guy to be competing for his spot. And Daniel Sprong is a guy a lot of people want to see more from. And we they're kind of left in limbo. Same with Devin Shore, a guy you would expect to play. They're all kind of left in limbo right now. No, uh, Randy Carlisle uh, is making these roster decisions and putting uh, <laughs> Nick Delorier on the fourth line. Or Daryl Sutter because he's there. Daryl Sutter, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I couldn't let the negativity slip by me there, guys. I had to bring it yeah. up. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> right? It's back. Why put a fast kid with good hands on the fourth line with other players? It's just Why starting out. They're just seeing they where everyone's going to be. Delorier to begin with, man. It's very disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing. yeah. yeah. Well, if you go with the Ducks injury Season's history, over. I think Season's you want to. You want to look. Yeah, right. It's already over. Just. Uh, Give us our first overall draft pick. Yeah, we just need that next one, whatever that is. <laughs> I don't put. I wouldn't put too much merit into these lines because they could easily change. Uh, but we we saw them a bit last year. But what like what do you think of them? Like the first one with Richie Getzloff and Terry. If they started opening night with that first line, um, okay. Everything except Richie is good on that line. I'm kind of over the fact of uh, you know oh this is a top line, second line, third line. It's like well let's look at the minutes. Because I don't care who yeah. you start out on the ice. The guys who put the most minutes are the guys that are that are getting you know the majority of yeah. um, the the appraisal from the coaches. So like if Getzloff that line plays 16 minutes, but you have Raquel Steele and Silverberg in the season playing 20 minutes, that's really your top line. And so like that's yeah. what Eric Stevens kind of said yesterday. I think he retweeted Elliot Tford and was like, "Let the drama begin or start yeah. the drama again," something along those lines. Because yeah. it was like, "Uh oh, Getzloff playing with Richie and Terry instead yeah. of sort of Raquel and Silverberg." It's like, yeah. hey, why not? Steel's, Steel's, you know, got potential to be that second line center, and that's what we're hoping for. I don't mind it at all. And it's training camp, so let's yeah, like exactly. Out. They're yeah, they're they're trying things out, seeing what works and what maybe doesn't. Say, hey, you know what? We haven't tried this before. Let's just see where it goes. And you know, it could be like, yeah, you know, all that looks all right. You know, really, I think uh, Getzloff and Raquel really complement each other really well. Let's put them together. So. Yeah, it Joseph said that uh, Shore at one point, I think, was centering Richie and Sprung. So if that's true, then they were mixing up lines anyway. But the, those were just the three that we got put out. I, I really like Steel, uh, Raquel, and Silverberg. I think that has a lot of potential to be mm-hmm. probably the Ducks' best line. It was for, I think, 60 minutes of last season. They didn't really play <laughs> that much time together. But when, when they were together, it was really good. So it'd be interesting to see if they end up doing well. And I like uh, Henrik, uh, Kasha, and Comtois, too. I think that has some good potential. I believe they – were they not together at the beginning of the season when Comtois was there? Was that not – Oh, man. Oh, you go way back. back. I tried, to, I tried back, to forget but... all of that season. <laughs> but, I mean, it has potential. You've got two shooters playing with uh, Adam Henrik. I, I would honestly rather switch that and have Getzlaff playing with Kasha and Comtois 
and Richie and Terry playing with Adam Henrique, I think that has a little bit more potential, especially when you have a playmaker like Getzlaff being able to get the puck to Andre Kasha and, and Maxime Comtois. I think that has a little bit more potential. Maybe we see that. Like like I said, these are tentative lines. There's, there's no way that these are all set in stone and this is what we're going to see uh, on opening night. This might be what we see for the first preseason game if everybody's playing, but uh, it's it's in no, no means it's going to be the way they start opening night yet. I mean, yeah, I, I was kind of thinking it was going to be Comtois, Henrique, and Justin Falk. I mean, I don't think Kasha is going to be <laughs> yeah, able to be playing here. I mean, they're just going to convert <laughs> yeah, to line it. Yeah. 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 Quick quick thing on training camp, the last thing. When, when you look at the guys that weren't, I guess, in those top three lines, and Jones, Shore, Spronger, Sherwood, do you see any of those guys maybe not making the team. Like, I think one of them obviously isn't between uh, Comtois, Jones, uh, and Sherwood, and I guess Lindstrom as well. Some of those guys, two or three of them, are going to be sent down to, to San Diego. Would you be surprised to see Jones or or uh, Sherwood get sent back down? I would be shocked if it was Sprong or Sherwood that got sent down. I think in that order. Sprong, I think, makes this team. Uh, Sherwood, I mean, he did go down to the AHL off and on. Uh, I don't think Jones is going to make the squad out of camp. I just based on how much room's in, on the roster and kind of what they're looking at with with uh, with seasoning and skill. I think they probably feel, feel like he needs a little more. Yeah, I'd like to see either one of Jones or Comtois make it. Um, I feel like if if they both have a good one, it's just who had a better one or who looked better it might keep it there. But I can actually see both of them going to the the minors too. I think Sure was a little bit more seasoned, and like I said, yeah, I think he really impressed in the the rookie tournament. Um, as long as he keeps that going, I think he kind of solidifies that fourth spot, and it's it's a little bit tougher to maybe put. Um, you know, Sprong. I just I have a hard time thinking that with everything Sprong can do, that they would not want him on the roster. So they'd either healthy scratch him, or try and send him to the minors, or however he has to go through waivers. I'm not sure. So uh, you know, it, it gets a little tricky just with hey, these are the contracts. This is the room we have. You know, we're kind of logjam a little bit. Yeah, I I think Jones probably starts in San Diego. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'd rather see. Jones and Sherwood get in at, over Grant and, and Delorier, or even just Shore and Sherwood. We can go Shore, Rowney, and Sherwood, and then even then Jones gets a first line or second line minutes down in San Diego, because I, I just don't see like I, I don't see the reasoning in having Nick Delorier start over Devin Shore if that's going to be the case, or even Nick Delorier or, or Derek Grant starting over Kiefer Sherwood, especially the way Sherwood played in, in rookie in the rookie faceoff, and if he could continue that into preseason then I don't see why he doesn't deserve a roster spot over those guys. Maybe that, you know, maybe he ends up winning a roster spot because of that. But uh, there's there's not a lot of room, right? Like, you know, Richie, Getzlaff, Raquel, Silverberg, Steele, Henry, Casually, those are all guys who booked a ticket into the top six. You could maybe throw Troy Terry in there. So really the only room there is, is Maxime Comtois, who's going to fight for that third-line left-wing spot. And whether it, it could be Shore, Jones, or Comtois, or Sherwood, that's four guys fighting for one spot. And then it all depends, like Jason said earlier, do you want Contracts. one of those guys playing a fourth-line minutes in the NHL or first-line minutes in the AHL? And then who can you send down with uh, without having to deal with waivers? And Jones and Sherwood are those guys that you can send down. Yeah, so I think they're there. And then as inevitable as it always is with the Ducks, someone will be injured at some point, And then you can bring those guys up and give them you know, more of a chance on a, a higher upline and shuffle things around. Yep, I mean, coaches like the uh, 
the idea that they know what they're getting out of players already before they start them. And I think the Ducks are so keen this season on starting off on the right foot. And because they've had slow starts, I mean, holy hell, for it seems like years now where they have they've uh-huh. had really really bad and horrible starts to the season. And maybe that has something to do with why they close training camp to the public. They want to focus. They don't want people there. This is not a you know this is not a a show for everybody to come watch. This is hey, we're trying to take this serious. We're trying to we're trying to make sure we get things right for everybody. I'm just speculating, but that's the only thing I could think of because no, there's the no, whole there's... change in everything. Are they changing yeah. style? Changing coaches? Changing players? Like this whole new wave. Uh, it's like a no new money. beginning. <laughs> well, they I can't should get just start money out of it. So I was, I was asked to just be like, hey, if you really want to see them, it's not training camp. Come buy tickets for the exhibition games and buy beer and food and all that other stuff and pay for parking. I mean, it would be cool if they like live streamed the training too. camp, right? That'd be <laughs> right? cool. Yeah, but, but not on YouTube. That way Ed can't see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As long as Ed can't see it, I'm happy. <laughs> oh, and sorry. I had a, a guest appearance for my kid who was bringing me breakfast. I'm like, uh, you're probably yeah, in the camera screen. I don't think you want to be <laughs> yeah. in the show. You sure it wasn't the guys from uh, uh, Ice Cream. I was like, just out of frame. <laughs> and then she looked at me and she's like, I'm bringing Excuse you breakfast. <laughs> I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> That's your food uh, arriving dude. from uh, Great Park. Yeah, I finally yeah, made it. yeah, there it is, right? Yeah, I got my breakfast back. burrito. Yeah, it was, it was waiting. It's going to be cold about 45, but I'm good. I'll still eat it. Yeah. Uh, last two things on training camp, though. Lindholm and Manson together, which is a plus. Yay, I mean, should we even applaud it? Because it just, I mean, it's kind of it like seems the, like common sense. Yeah, you would think. Well, you know, you knew Bob Murray wanted it, and I'm sure Dallas Aikens can see that 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 goes together. Uh, I mean, that's obvious. We don't really have to spend too much time on that. The only other one that some people really got upset or started speculating a lot about this one was Andre Cash wearing a yellow jersey, like he was going to get traded because he was wearing a yellow jersey. Uh, he's coming back from an injury, and uh, thank God Eric Stevens cleared this up for a lot of people. But Murray had some quotes in, in Eric's latest article where he said the doctors are happy, but they're and they're not worried, but they feel he just doesn't need contact quite yet. And he's he's sure that he's going to be playing in some exhibition games. They'll go from there, and he's done very well. But he's he's wearing a non-contact jersey. That's yeah. it. He's, yeah. It's not because he's going to get traded. He's wearing a non-contact jersey. Oh, I'm sorry. Has he had two concussions and a torn labrum? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it, maybe take it easy on the guy. There's no need to to run him through anything that's rigorous right now if they don't need to. No. Yeah, they know what he can one. do when he's healthy. They know what he can do when he's healthy. There's no need to do yeah. that. Yeah. Not worried about it at all, especially when you have a bunch of these kids trying to make the team, right? You're 34 yeah. wingers. And, oh, cool. I'm going to line up that guy. He's got my roster spot. I mean, you don't know. You don't want yeah. to put your guy at risk for that if he's not 100%. Maybe he's like 95. They're like, eh, let's just wait. Who knows? Yeah, abundance of caution for a delicate flower that is Kasha. Well, can we well, can, can we talk about him right now, Ed, or do you want to wait? Well, yeah. You know what? I was, okay, well, one thing, one thing first. Because we're talking about roster. Kessler and Eves are out for the season. I think this yeah. was obvious, but it's now official. Bob Murray has made it official. They're out for the entire season. I mean, we don't. I don't think we're going to talk about that too much. But I think we all kind of knew this was coming anyway. Kessler for sure. Eves, I wasn't quite sure because that seems to be who knows what's going on with him. So it yeah. seemed that way. But uh, you know, like no news is uh, bad news, I guess, at that point because it just there wasn't very much to update. And, yeah, he's already confirmed it. He's he's still dealing with the the same issue, the same health issue that he's been dealing with for what the last two or three seasons now. So yeah. tough for him, tough for Ryan Kessler. Uh, I think Murray said they didn't want to comment if it was the end of the playing career for both of them. 
uh, it's it's just kind of sad that he doesn't even know at this point, right? Like, they don't even know. I'm sure Ryan Kessler doesn't know. It's sad for Patrick Eves. This is likely how his time with the Ducks is going to come to an end because his contract expires at the end of this season. Uh, you know, it, it sucks. I mean, he was good when the Ducks had him, and he would have been a nice addition to this team to play on a third-line role. Obviously, right now, if he was healthy, it'd be kind of hard to fit him in and with a lot of the young guys coming up. But you just feel for the guy, right? Like, if this is how... He has to end his career. It, it, it sucks to go out that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, not on your own terms, right? I mean, your body just breaks down before you expect it to. It sucks. Totally yeah. sucks for both those guys. Uh, and if you look on Twitter, my God, you have some ignorant people. Oh, way to hide money in the salary <laughs> cap. I saw that tweet I saw today, that, yeah. and I was like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, you don't even get the salary cap relief until you spend to the cap. Then you can go over. So it, we'd still, and this this team's not poised for that. The kids are taking over. So there's there, even though, yeah, it's the salary cap relief on it, you don't get it until they spend about eight and a half more million dollars which they're not going to do because they don't want to take up any more spots that the kids are trying to fill at this point. It's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we can get back to Andre Kasha and uh, the Justin Falk rumors. I mean, uh, they're beyond rumors. I mean, this shit's confirmed that it's it's being talked about. I mean, whatever. They're They're trying to to convince Justin Falk to move to Newport Beach. I mean, that's like the only thing that's in the way of this. Yeah. Is it it that or like, I don't think it's he doesn't want to live in and i think he wants to win a cup i think you know and, and i don't think he thinks he can do it in carolina i'm pretty sure they want to get rid of him i i would argue carolina probably has a better chance of winning the cup right now than the ducks do in in, in the short term and maybe even the long term with the players that they have in place there goaltending yeah. other than goaltending other than goaltending okay thank other you. than goaltending yeah <laughs> um but uh, it, it's it seems that they don't want him there and he thinks that uh, he can do better elsewhere but uh, if you if you want to win now uh, I, I don't think Anaheim is the place to come. I would love him as much as I would hate to lose Andre Cash. I okay, think he's pause that, pause that thought fun. real quick. I did ask yeah. you guys a question about this. Pause okay, that fast. Pause. Now, it's, oh. Is this over? Like, Pat looks stressed. Is, I, I am. I, I, don't get, <laughs> I, don't get, I don't get Ducks fans here. We all love Andre Cash. We all love the yes. kids. We, we mm-hmm. all believe he could be a 25 to 30 goal scorer. I think 30 is on the high end. I think 25 is probably a real solid place for him to land. I know that all the analytics came out. We talked about those early this summer about how he's a play driver, one of the best in the league. Um, I think he was like, what, top two in the league? Yep. Or, yeah, 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 I think he was behind uh, Gallagher. In, yeah, uh, and shots per Montreal. 60, he, uh, five on five, he was just behind Brendan Gallagher. He's a great player. And all driver. the guys. I get it. Yeah, all the, all the guys in that top 10 had were 30, 40, 50 goal scores. I get it. So everyone is like falling in love with this guy for good reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ducks fans are crazy, just like all the other teams. You know, us included, we get crazy about stuff, too. Um, we have a plethora of, of these young kids. We don't really know how they're all going to pan out. Um, and we're also looking at Andre Kasha wearing a yellow jersey to start training camp, which we all agree, don't freak out about. It's totally fine. No, everyone's, no one's worried about it. You want to talk about injury proneness? You want to talk about something, maybe the Ducks staff? Um, who think, who's the guy they just, I just thought of this, who's the guy they just hired? Uh, to do yeah, the medical like, stuff. The guy uh, from Battle. Battle or Beetle. Yeah. I mean, they're all <laughs> talking about health. They're all talking. I mean, yeah, right. Maybe I should have known that before I blurted it out. Um, yeah. But they have they have all of this stuff working towards this season. Um, he's a highly sought after player. Look at their defense, Ducks fans. Like yeah. the Ducks defense, especially the right really side. Use, it's the right side. Yeah. Yes, it could really use a right a right shot defenseman. Could really use one, and. Mm-hmm. He's not a one-two. He's playing one-two in Carolina because they need him to. What's wrong with him being a three-four on the Ducks? I, I don't get it. 
I mean, I don't get it. Look after the top four in Anaheim. He's a highly specialized 3-4, and he just so happens he's exactly the type of defenseman the Ducks have needed for a long time. Oh, you mean a guy who can play on the power play? Oh. Yeah, that's where he excels. Oh, yeah. Just a guy who shoots the puck. I mean, <laughs> he, he shot the he shot, shots per 60 last year among defensemen. He was seventh. I so don't he was get up there with it. Guys I don't like, get it. Oh, f this. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna watch the yeah, games if right. they trade Andre Kasha. I'm not gonna. Uh-huh. It's like holy hell. We're we're not trading. You know the the farm for this guy. We're yeah. we're trading a player that we know is good, and we can get value back. And and a value. And when you're in a position like the Ducks are, and and everyone knows you need something, you can't get what you want for what you don't want to give up, or yeah. what for what you for what you don't want. Right. Like if they wanted to give away. Hey, we're going to give you Nick Delorier. Can we have uh, Justin Falk? Kellen's like, oh, hell yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Let's sign off on that. No, that's not how it yeah. works. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll just give you a fifth-round draft pick. Can you give me your top two defensemen? And we have this, yeah. pa- we have this spare <laughs> puck bag from 97. Is that good? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. The thing that, the thing that bothered me is uh, people saying they would rather have Ristolainen over Justin Falk. I, I assume mm. because it's younger and maybe he carries a little bit more weight with his name, Talk but arguably risk. Justin Falk is a better player. And, and then the Julius Honker rumors come out, or not even rumors, it's reported that he's asked for a trade out of Dallas and people would say they'd rather get Julius Honka in instead of uh, Justin Falk. I get it in a depth role if you don't want to spend that much on Justin Falk, but you know, the, like, like this guy's a top defenseman in what he does. And putting up points, scoring goals, and, and generating shots – the Ducks have nobody on their blue line that can do that. When you look at shots per 60 last year, Justin Falk was 7th. The highest Ducks defenseman was like 85th, and that was Brandon Montour, and he's not even a Duck anymore. And the next highest Duck, I think, was Josh Manson, who's outside the top 100. Like, this is the type of guy they need. They don't have a guy like this. They don't have a defenseman who shoots the puck as much as Justin Falk does. They haven't, I guess, since Sammy Vaughn, and I don't have his numbers on hand, but I would yeah. assume... He was probably a higher volume shooter than Fowler, yeah. Lindholm, and and Josh Manson, and even he wasn't in the same stratosphere that that Justin Falk is. When you look at a top ten, top five defenseman in the league in those categories, if you, you want to play the game something. of would you rather, I would have rather had Jake Gardner. Not going to happen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And well, then the, not, Ducks, but the Ducks even tried for Shat and Kirk too. I mean, the Ducks got, tried to make their play where they could. This seems like the best option that does the right-handed defenseman, fills a top four role along Fowler, whoever you want to put him there, and is a power play specialist, something that we've desperately needed for a while. Kasha, although good, dynamic, yeah, you're going to have to give up something that you like and that's really good. He is concussion and injury prone at this point. Uh, we have younger wingers that are coming up too that can kind of start to fill in some of those roles. So the the uncertainty of what Kasha can bring moving forward versus what you know you're getting in Falk and what you're 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 filling three holes versus losing one that can be replaced maybe not at the exact same level but in time probably can be with some of the younger players in there. So I don't see that the downside of that. We'd finally have a good top solid four defenseman. Not yeah, we don't know what Brendan Gooley's going to be. We don't know what Gooley's yeah. going to be this season. We hope no, he's yeah. going to be great. He looked great in the, what are you playing, eight games, nine games, yeah, yeah. maybe less. And he's a 3-4 as a ceiling. Like, he's not, and he's not what, he doesn't bring, he brings what the Ducks already have in Lindholm and Fowler. Like, he, he's, he's a, a two-way player, guy who's he's fast. Like, he is a good player, for he's sure, but he's not. Fast. The Ducks do not have anybody in the system or anywhere near close being what Justin Falk could bring to this team. They have guys May, I don't want to say who could do what Andre Kasha can do because Andre Kasha, when you look at the underlying number, numbers, is a pretty special player. But he hasn't reached that yet because of injuries. And, and you know, maybe he could have got that last year, but he only played 30-so games last year. So 
you know, maybe he comes back healthy this year, whether it's for the Ducks or the Hurricanes, and he plays 82 games and puts up, you know, 30, 40 goals and proves everybody wrong. But we don't know yet. And like Jason said, you know what you're getting in Justin Falk, and it's exactly what the Ducks need. The problem is he has a 15-team uh, no-trade clause, and he has to approve any team that uh, isn't on that. I think he can f- submit the list of teams he wants to get traded to. Anybody who's not on that list, he has to approve it. And apparently the Ducks are, are not on that list, so he has to approve a trade to go to Anaheim. The Ducks want to sign an extension because he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, which makes sense. He's 27. You want to lock him down. You don't want to give up under cash for a rental. No, yeah. Give him a, th- and, uh, give him a you know, a, was it a three by six, right? Yeah. Three years, six All million right. apiece. Give him that. Um, see how it goes. He's not locked in long, long term. It gives the Ducks time to bring these kids in. It also is, you're going to see uh, Perry's money fall off after next year. Kessler's money fall off after next year. Um Eve's yeah, money, money fall down. off after this year. There's going to be free money coming up for them to be able to add to this team. I'm pretty positive about going into this season and next especially. This season, I know we're not going to be amazing, but this is not a bad landing spot. Win now? No. There's definitely work to be done. But uh, with John Gibson and Nett, I mean, shit, you can make a lot of things happen on this team. You really can. When you have the, the, you know, the caliber of goaltending the Ducks have, a lot of things can change really quickly if you're able to fit the right pieces here. I mean, it, it, it's po- it, it's possible. And I, and I, listen, I understand why people are would be upset about losing Andre Kacha. I, I would definitely be upset to see him go and then succeed somewhere else. Uh, but it, it, you have to look at what the Ducks need right now. What Do they need more wingers? No. Do they have a surplus of wingers? Yes. They have a ton of them coming in. There's guys that aren't even here yet when you look at Braden Tracy and Benoit Olivier Gru who will be knocking on the door in the next couple of years who are going to need to take up roster spots because they do look like they're going to make the NHL at some point. Hey, you, you forgot about Patrick Line. I mean, he's coming here too, dude. you gotta, yeah. you got to remember that 21-year-old kid in Winnipeg is <laughs> about to go to SC Burn and go play hockey, but I mean, he wants to be here. Yes. What? what was the trade for again? Or they, they didn't say. They, didn't they, say. They, they one dude was just like, it was the dumbest happening thing. Tuesday, mark my words, cancels his Twitter account on Monday, right before Tuesday Whoever happens. that guy was, man. Oh, my Whoever goodness. that guy was. It was hilarious. I like how oh. Eric Stevens had to come out and confirm it was crap. <laughs> yeah, from the beginning. If you couldn't already tell. <laughs> just... Oh, my goodness. I mean, Line is going to want $9 million, $10 million. The Ducks aren't going to be like, oh, we got you, bro. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, not, yeah. Not to mention what it would cost to get a player like that. You know, Ducks fans are upset about losing Andre Cash possibly for Justin Falk. Imagine what it would cost to get Patrick Line. If you want to just throw Cash into that mix, it would be Cash a plus plus, likely. You know, or first if they round pick and another prospect. Can you imagine, like, bye bye draft no, picks? No, they'd like, give up so many like, draft picks that it wouldn't work. <laughs> it's no. not going to work. What did Marner uh, sign for yesterday? We got to do that on Pucks and Bruce. Ten point, six, yeah, like yeah, nine six, two like, or 10. something. Eight. Yeah, yeah, something weird. Was Paul Which Marner weird. happy? Does Paul he, Marner get like? Oh, you mean Darren Drager? Yeah, he was happy. <laughs> no, well, his dad, he turned down Marner's like seven. He turned down seven at eleven. And Everybody says that uh, Darren Drager's Twitter account is Paul Marner's burner account. Darren, <laughs> Darren Drager's been on the the Mitch Marner train trying to get him a, a nice contract since uh, the summer started, but yeah. I, I don't get. We'll get into this again on Pucks and Bruce, but I don't, I don't get why you would turn down three years by eleven, and then in three years be able to sign probably a twelve or thirteen million dollar contract, if not more, if you put up ninety hundred points per season, instead and go for a six by ten point eight. I don't get yeah. it. Yeah. 
Don't know. I don't get it. This is apparently what Marner wanted, and the Leafs had to cave to it. The Leafs offered him three by eleven. He turned it down, and now he goes. He wanted six years, and they said, "Okay, well, we'll give you ten point eight nine or whatever for the six years." I don't get it. I have no idea why he would want to do Maybe that. Maybe his uh, dad needed some money or something like that. I was like, hey, "I need wow. you to make this amount for this amount uh, of time." It's front loaded. Guaranteed. It's money. front loaded. So he's getting sixty one million dollars like this year. Holy hell! Is that's, it all? Oh, I didn't look at the breakdown. Is it all signing bonuses? Pretty much. It's okay. like any content. It's going to become a Leafs podcast. Let's not do this. Let's keep going yeah. back here. <laughs> I um, just hope it doesn't turn into a uh, Jack Johnson situation where daddy takes all the money and screws, <laughs> screws him over. So what What do you guys think is going to happen? And let's wrap up this Andre Kasha, Justin Falk business. What do you think is going to happen here? Is this really going to transpire? Or do you guys think this is all smoke? And um, I think it's dead. I think it's dead already. I think it would have already happened if it, if it didn't. So, uh which I'm happy with. I mean, yeah, but Murray didn't the, seem to be happy about it at all, right? I think that's what might have happened here is that they were talking and, and Dundon or somebody in the media no, it's heard Dundon. with. Did you see the comments from uh, Eric Stevens? I didn't check uh, those. He, he, had, he had a quote in his article from Bob Murray where Bob Murray pretty much said it was Tom Dundon. I'll, I'll read the quote because I have it here. If you want to go read the full article, I think it's Eric Stevens' most recent article where he's talking about Andre Kasha dealing with the rumors. He has a quote in here from Bob Murray that says, the second part of that, which is a disturbing part for me, is when things are out there, when things haven't happened, and some owner or whatever decides he's going to garner some friendship with the media and he's going to get close to the media, he puts things out there. Some of these people, I wish they were players at one point in their life. Obviously, they weren't. Clearly, he's talking about Tom Dundon leaking. Uh, I guess Andre Kasher being part of the, the deal, he leaked to uh, Hurricanes Media. Because you notice how... I think it was Elliot Friedman yeah. tweeted out that the Ducks are interested in Andre or in Justin Falk. Falk no, yeah. no, who was involved or whatever. It's funny how the only reporters who had information on who was involved were Hurricanes beat reporters. Uh, Luke DeCock, I think, was uh, is a Hurricanes beat reporter in, in obviously in Carolina, and Sarah Sivian. Those were the only two who had information on Andre Cash being involved. And then more people started getting. No, I think uh, David Pagnota for the fourth period and others started getting word that under Cash was involved. But those were the first two, and they're Hurricanes reporters. Like, it, it seems pretty obvious that Tom Dundon leaked out that Andre Casha was part of the trade. I don't know why, but I Bob hate Murray's owners. <laughs> I hate owners like that where they they want to like feel that they need to be involved, and somehow this is you know they they get to be you know important enough that their name gets tossed around. It's like. You never hear the Samuelis doing that. They he's just a like you know weird guy since he's come in though, right? Like he's remember when yeah. he first took over, he wants to be like heavily involved in all this stuff. Like he yeah. he's not a yeah. hockey guy, but he wants to make himself a hockey guy. I don't understand him at all. <laughs> they've done they've done really good though. Other than like this dumb move, like signing Jake Gardner for that cheap was good. They had a really good draft. You know they got uh, they got help from the Canadians, but they got uh, Sebastian Ajo onto a good deal. They've done well. Uh, but this is just like why? Why leak this? Like, what? What is the point of this? Unless you're you're trying to drum up more interest in Justin Falk, right? Like that's yeah. this is what this is what the 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 Ducks were offering us. If you yeah. want to come talk to us, you got to offer us something like this. Uh, that's the only reason I would see him leaking it. I don't think it has anything to say about Justin Falk specifically saying, "Hey, leak it." Talking to his agent saying, "Leak this," so I can try and get deals elsewhere. I think it's more of a Tom Dundon thing saying, "Hey." You know, we're getting only a couple trade offers here. We want to let people know he's available, so let's leak out what he's what uh, the Ducks are offering us for him. I think uh, you know, there's there's a chance it still gets done. 
right? But Justin Falk has to agree to come here, and they have to agree to an extension, which takes some time, whether it's two, three, four, five, six years, however long they want to sign Justin Falk for. Like, these type of deals take time, and the Ducks have to make sure they get it right. I think eventually Bob Murray signs or trades for a right-shot defenseman before the season starts. I think they they desperately need one. I think he's looking for one. There's there there are guys available. You know, Justin Falk's available. Honka's available. We already talked about him. There there are guys out there they can go get. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to be Falk right now. And but Dundon's weird. He did that weird thing where uh, you know he didn't sign Sebastian Ajo, right? He let yeah. he let Waddell go interview for another a vacant GM position, and then ends up yeah. locking up both guys, matching that <laughs> that weird yes, offer from Montreal that we all knew wasn't going to break the bank. Yeah, um, he's been a weird dude since he's taken over in, in that in that ownership group. I I don't understand Tom Dundon. It's it's unfortunate <laughs> though because I would have liked to have seen what would have happened. And I think the Ducks need, like we said, top four guy. Um, bunch of jerks. Wh- where do we want to go from here, boys? You guys want to do fan questions since we probably have people that have been waiting yeah. since Wednesday. We have <laughs> we, we plan to do a Pacific Division preview. Do we want to do it on this show? or Do we want to do like a full on show? Let's for... do a full on show of that one. I think we should. We, everyone here deserves a full show for that. But I wrote everything down in purple. <laughs> well, you can. It will still be there in purple. No, <laughs> it's just not the same anymore. <laughs> He's gonna rip it up and start over. <laughs> yeah, start all over. He's gonna, gonna light it on fire right out. in front of us. <laughs> Fine, thanks, guys. Let me just thanks. light this up. That's all my hard work. <laughs> Where do we go with questions, uh, Ed? Do you have them ready? They're way back. Well, we've rescheduled the show like three times, so I'm going to go find them. Yeah. Some of these are I'll, old I'll now. fill the gap in case you guys haven't seen it. Cool. Some of, some of these are old. Uh, Rick, Ricky had originally asked us, he said, what rookie line do you want to see in in the showcase this weekend? And, but then he said as well, he said as well is in preseason and the season. So what uh, what rookie line would you want to see in preseason and season? Or, or just like what line with rookies on it would you like to see most? Go ahead, Jay. Uh, yeah, I want to see Jones, Steele, and Comtois. Damn it, dude. I, that's I, the exact I, I, I want freaking to thing I was going to say. I know what Steele can do. Uh, I mean, he'd be the He's only playing on the right side. Better. I don't know. Make Jones go over there. He can do both. <laughs> He's dynamic enough. Actually, the other one I would like to see, I, I think it'd be really interesting to see a um, a steel Kasha and Comtois line. Uh, yeah, if there's any up. way to get Zegras in there, I would love to see him. Him and Comtois end of the year. Yeah. End of the year, we might like if we're, if we're going all the way to the end of the year during the season. Then at the end of the year, if Trevor Trevor Zegras makes it over, then I would love to see Trevor Zegras play with uh, Andre Kasha if he's still here. And uh, and like Max Jones, I think Max Jones, Zegras, and, and and Andre Kasha would be a really fun line to watch. That would be a really good one. What about a uh, a Getzloff, Delorier, um, <laughs> and Devin Shoreline? I think I'd be very excited to see that line. That would, uh, yeah, well, just yeah, put Holzer on there too. What about you, man? What about you? Which which kid lineup do you want to see? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I well, I agree with you. I, I really like uh, Comtois Steele and Andre Kasha. I think that would be a lot of fun to have. I, I think Troy Terry needs to be on a line with somebody with a bit more experience. Uh, not to say he's not going to do well on a kid line. I just think he does better with a, a Adam Henrique or, or Ryan Getzlaw. I think that's a better spot for him to be in. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Kiefer Sherwood, too. 
uh, analyzed. Maybe like a Max Jones key for sure would uh, Isaac Lindstrom eventually. Like if, if we see Isaac Lindstrom get called up at some point this year, I think that'd be a really fun energy line to watch because those are those are all three guys who are very good two-way players and, and play with a lot of energy. So I think that'd be a fun line to watch too. Do you guys think that uh, – sorry, Jay. Do you guys think oh, that, okay. that Sherwood's going to be uh, Cogliano 2.0 but better? No, kind of. No, because I, I think that they there, there was always that peg on Cogliano of, of being, you know, part of that shutdown line that he had a ton of speed and you would think he had the hands to kind of finish the play. I, I think Sherwood's probably got I think his ceiling's the third or fourth line and it's it's more energy, it's more making hits, it's not necessarily being on the second line and shutting down the opponent's top line. I think so, he's got more skill though. I think he's got more skill. I think he's got more finishing Leonardo. touch for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean it's not much when you're talking about cogs because I mean he's 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 struggled guy, mightily and he's had so many chances he just never to put those in but Yeah, like last uh, year in the playoffs when he, he yeah. had that break and missed and then Yeah, it was like a classic. Overtime classic uh but yeah so so now i don't see them as as kind of the same i think they're different they they both have speed and tenacity and they're both responsible defensively it's just i don't know i, I see two different players there i'd be interested to see if we do get isaac lindstrom up at some point this year i would think we would but uh, i don't know i i think it would have to be injuries right because you don't want him playing on the fourth line and it's going to be gets henry can steal all year all right, what do we got next? All right, uh, Garrett said, so what's more likely for the Ducks, 75 points or 95 points? Oh, man, man. Well, we were at the trash can yeah. in the ceiling there. That's like... They had uh, 80 last year. And it 95 was a bubble. It's, it's, I yeah, think, I think they're more likely to go. Uh, this is my opinion. I think they're uh, more likely to go up. Our biggest problem last year was goal scoring. I think that gets solved in a big way. I mean, losing to Corey Perry didn't, it isn't going to hurt us. Uh, as far as offense goes, as long as everyone can be a little bit healthier, younger kids coming in that want to score, know how to play, speed game, it's kind of tailored a little bit more to the younger guys. And I think the new coach and the new direction, the new offense, I, I, I think we solve our biggest problem. I think our defensive style is going to change. So even the decent enough defense and goaltending, I think will just get a little bit better. So I, I can see us making up from our 80 points from last year, going up to 90, 95 versus sliding back down five points. I just, I don't see us falling backwards on this. Ah, man, I know. So what are they more likely to hit 75 or more likely to hit 95? Right. Was that the question? 75 is 75. Yeah. So it's five ah. points back or 15 points forward. Oof! Damn it, dude. That's if you said ninety points, I would I would definitely say ninety yeah. points. I think we can make up ten points. I think they're going to do better than we all think they are. I really I think this is going to be closer to a ninety-five point team than they would be a seventy-five point team. Why am I being yeah, so positive, I so. guys? I don't. Understand. I don't know. You you started off. You're all over <laughs> the, the place, man. There's no way. It's like seventy-five <laughs> is like bottom two, bottom three, likely. They're not going to be as bad I, as the Kings. Let's just put it that yeah, way. Yeah, they're, they're they're not going to be worse than they were last year. I don't think. Um, you know, I think they'll do something on the right side of the fence. Like I said, I think something's going to get done there, whether it's Falk or a smaller edition, we'll have to see. But I, I think with the new coach and everything, I think they, they probably hit 88, 89. So closer to 95 than 75. I think 95 obviously is a stretch, but uh, they, they have the potential if everything goes right to get to like 95. There, there's a chance. Keep in mind that 90 points got you into a playoff spot last year in the West. Yeah. Do you want them to make the yeah. playoffs, though? I mean, 
who knows? We'll get into it in our Pacific Division preview, but I want uh, them to. the Pacific <laughs> the Pacific looks kind of weak this year. Yeah, breaking yeah. news: Jared Spurgeon just signed a deal, boys. Seven years, fifty three million dollars. Pretty nice for that guy. Chop <laughs> shadow over. That's over seven, right? That's yeah, like seven, seven and a half. Yeah. yeah. Oof, he signed for more than uh, Provorov and Wierenski. Yeah, we'll probably start seeing a lot of those uh, contracts start to come down now since uh, uh, Marner signed. That was like everyone was just waiting for that to happen. So Matthew Kachuk probably be another one coming soon that you'll hear about. Well, the big yeah. one, the big one is the one in Colorado. Uh, I yeah, was uh, it, there's Rotten, Line, Point still has to get signed. Rotten, though, has got to be the one that everyone's looking at. I would love to see where that guy's going to go. That guy is just in a, a beast. He's a beast. Big kid puts up ridiculous ridiculous points i think it's it's gonna he's gonna get a monster deal too i think he's coming to anaheim uh, oh, oh yeah i, I, I mean read, uh, I read very true very true but your source is still we should <laughs> yes. create a burner account and just start putting out <laughs> rumors uh it'll be so much fun all right what do we got next uh, garrett garrett had another question he said who's going to represent the ducks at the all-star game this season john gibson gibby yeah, he also said kind of want Gibson to skip it and rest. So <laughs> I think it'll be better. I, I think this season will be better for him because I don't think they're going to have to rely on him so heavily. Uh, Miller can do it, and I think uh, defensive style should be a lot better for him. So I don't think you're going to have a, a tired John Gibson going into the All Star break and then uh, getting lit up and then <laughs> coming out still tired and still having to work his butt off. So boys, I, yeah. I think it might be two players. I think you're really going to see Ricard Raquel have a hell of a year this year. I think he's going to bounce yeah. back. He started to look good at the end of last season, and I, would say I, I, th- I think he's going to. I don't think he's going to be able to produce enough to go to the All Star game, but I think it might be Raquel and Gibson that'll be there. Yeah, that's what I, I think it's going to be Rick Kelly Gibson. I think those are the, the two guys who have the best shot, that, barring a, a complete resurgence from Ryan Getzlaff. Uh, I, I or Justin Fox. He might make it, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if he comes over. But uh, John Gibson is easily, I think, the number one candidate when you look at Pacific Division goaltending right now. Uh, the fact that it's Martin Jones, Marc-Andre Fleury, Jonathan Quick, uh, Auntie Ranta, and whoever Vancouver wants it over the boards. And you've got, what, Mike Smith? Mike Smith is now in Edmonton. You've got Cam Talbot now in Calgary. Uh, I just threw I think, up I think John, from a Canadian fan. John, yeah, there's two goalies from the Pacific who go, I think, two or three. Or, is it two? It's two I think right? it's two, yeah. Yeah, so John Gibson is, is pretty much a lock in, unless yeah. he has a bad start yeah. to the season. And probably Mark-Andre Fleury. Yeah. Yeah. Or Jones if he decides to learn how to play hockey this year in San Jose. Uh, yeah. I want to pull up the schedule for this, this next question because I – I think it all depends on who the Ducks play in their first 10 games. But Garrett uh, asked, well, how many points will the Ducks have after their first 10 games? I'll read off the, the, the 10 teams they play. Uh, they play Arizona, San Jose, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Columbus, Boston, Buffalo, Carolina, Calgary, and then finish with Nashville. I'm going to say that's they have, tough, that's that's they have 12, points. 12 points. Yeah, I would I would put them you know just over yeah just over five hundred. I'd probably say like a five four and one, so maybe eleven eleven twelve points somewhere in there. I mean because that that's going to be hard. Your your Nashville is going to be difficult. San Jose is going to be difficult. Ducks are notoriously slow out of the gate. Arizona's looking to make a big impact. Uh, they're our first game, so you can see a few losses in there. Boston's never an easy one for us. So uh, my next question: Are we are we home a lot in those 10 games or are we on the road a lot? Uh, they are. The Ducks open the season at home, for, right? Yeah. Home for five and away for five. Oh, excellent. I think they're a 500 team at that point. Like Jay said, five, four, and one. I can see them be five and five. Yeah. I can see them be, you know, yeah. six, I think three, they're like five. 
I think they they take some of these games on the road to, to overtime. Uh, so I, I think they're like five, two, and three. So I think Ooh. they finish around like you know, like thirteen, fourteen points, which isn't bad. Yeah, that's Garrett a really said, good Garrett starting. Garrett said insane. he thinks they'll be uh, six, two, and two is what Garrett thought they'd be. Very optimistic. Very optimistic. That's pretty optimistic. Yeah, I have to see how everyone kind of. I hope he's right. <laughs> yeah, me too. So yeah, the more points, the better. Uh, Alex asks, where do you think the, the organization expects to finish in the standings? What expectations will Bob Murray communicate to the team? And then he kept saying, what do the fans expect? What would be unacceptable for them? Or would a bottom five finish be acceptable for a draft pick? So where do you think the organization expects the Ducks to finish? Not where do you think they'll finish? Where do you think the organization expects them to finish? Oh, that's um, a tough one, man. Yeah, if you're talking... I think they, you know, they expect playoffs. I feel like... I, I think that they, they think they can take advantage of maybe the weak division and maybe kind of get in. I don't think that they're going to be you know fighting for the top spot. That's that's pretty locked in with uh, the Vegas team and San Jose team, in my opinion. But, you know, the, the other ones, there's there's a couple of spots that can they can get in there. And I think they want to be better than last year. And if they can be, you know, a decent amount better then playoffs are now the, the possibility. So I, I feel that, they, yeah, they they're looking for playoffs. They can't yeah. keep missing playoffs. It doesn't work in uh, in Anaheim or Southern California. If you're you're not making playoffs, you're you're becoming less and less relevant. Not when you spend a hundred plus million dollars on a new facility and mm-hmm. you, you know you're swapping yeah. out faces here to make the team better. I think they expect the playoffs. I don't think they expect the dominant performance for sure, but they expect it to be probably ten to fifteen points better in the standings. I really think they do. I really really think they do, and I think that. It goes to show that they understand they have injury issues. They bring in somebody, a nutrition, you know, nutritional and, and physical expert um, to help out the athletes here. They, I mean, they look at John Gibson like, okay, you're our best player far and away on this team. Um, we need to make sure we support you and that we help you and we don't kill you in the first four months of the season um, and then you fall apart. Like, that's just not fair to your best player. And I think that their best interest right now is to try to be – um, a competitive team in this market, like Jay said, you can't go three seasons, two seasons, and just lose here. I mean, you and I have been to been to Honda Center back in the late '90s, early 2000s. There was like nine thousand people in the crowd. Yeah. It's just like there's nobody here. It looked like a Florida game. Like, yeah, it, it's you can't have that anymore. You, you just can't. It's hard to get fans back. So I, I'm saying they're going to be probably 10, 10 to fifteen points better. Ten points. Yeah. Better for I, sure. He said what would be unacceptable for them, I think, finishing worse or on par with what they did last year is unacceptable. Uh, I, I think if they just miss out the playoffs, that's all right. That's fine. I don't think that's – yeah. But if they are the same or worse last year, like I think if you finish anywhere 85 or less points this year, I think that's unacceptable for them. I was going to say only having was a five my, point. my limit too. Yeah. you got to be, be above, above that. 85. Yeah, as long as they improve, if they they stay pat and go back, you know, or go backwards, then then that's a, a loss because they've done a lot of things to try and make sure that last season was just last season, and we're on to improving in some way. So there's no improvement. That's where uh, it's a, a failed season. Dom decision on uh, on the athletics said the Ducks will finish with 88.5. That's what they're projected to be about 80, 88, 89 points. Makes sense. That's that's kind of right. Makes 80 to 90 yeah. points. Yeah, I, I think they could do a little bit higher. My my thought. What's next? Um, uh, Chris said, "Is Dallas Aikens really secretly the bow porter of the Ducks, propped up and presented to fans, poised for a complete overhaul type of rebuild over the next three years? Uh, will the next coach be the one who actually wins a championship? I don't know who Bo Porter is. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. I, I, uh, that might, is that a football? I'm going to look it up. Maybe it's a soccer coach. Chris likes soccer. So, oh, sorry. He's football, uh, Ed. MLB. 
MLB. Ah. Oh, I think he's like he's uh, also a coach, a coach who was the, the most recently a special assistant to the GM. Uh, I guess I don't know his his win loss record was not good. Uh, one hundred and ten to uh, one ninety managed three hundred games. So, so basically, is is uh, Aikens the go between for right now? Is he the plug until the next real coach comes? I guess is the question. Uh, no, I think I think Aikens deserves his shot, and I think uh, they they believe he can do it. They're moving a lot of their younger players up. Why not do it with the coach that helped make them all successful and made the minor league teams uh, successful? I think uh, you can't look at what he did in Edmonton, and you know you know try to compare it to the situation he's in now. So from what I'm gathering, he's a, a complete change from what Carlisle was, and that's something the Ducks desperately need. So, yep, I, I don't, don't think he's going to be a bad choice here. This is a, a yeah. solid choice. We all talked about yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, long, Derek, so. Derek said, who will be our highest point producer this year? Oh, that's going to be... Kosh, if he's healthy. Ricard Raquel. Kosh? I'm going wow. Ricard Raquel. Yeah. Uh, I think Ricard uh, Raquel yeah. gets 65 points, 70 points this season. Yeah, I, I think I think Ricard Raquel. Um, maybe Ryan Getzlaff. But I think Ricard Raquel bounces back, and if uh, you know he's not playing with Getz left, so it's not like they're gonna they're gonna compliment each other. It's gonna be one of those two guys. I can't see Kasha getting Kasha enough points. Like yeah. if if he scores thirty, he probably has like twenty assists. He's probably a fifty point guy, fifty five point guy. But I, I can see Raquel or Getz left getting sixty or seventy. I'll Dark go horse. Silverberg. I'll Dark go Silverberg on that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> Holes yeah. again. Um, no, I, I could see Silverberg. I know you guys aren't big on him, but um, I think he's been stymied most of his career with the Ducks in having to be a shutdown winger. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he is a traditional two-way, he has an amazing shot. Once we got out of the Carlisle system and we got into uh, you know Bob Murray coaching, he took it off. off. He had teared it up, got over 20 goals when it didn't look like we were going to get anybody to do that. And uh, I was, he felt more comfortable. He looked a lot more dangerous out there than he had before because I think it just the style helped facilitate that. So I, I'm expecting bigger things from him as well. And if he's playing on the top line somewhere in there, I think he can get fed a lot, but I think he can also you know, make passes and, and bring up that assist as well. I don't, I don't think he had the wings or you know, Kessler before to really kind of help up his uh, assists or even help him get goals. So, Dark Horse, I think Sam Steele. I think uh, playing with Silverberg, yeah, playing with Silverberg and Raquel, that maybe right. If he gets power play time, if he starts playing well, if he pushes if he makes up the higher squad in the out of lineup, camp and he stays in this lineup, but, well, yeah, like like, like you said, we don't know who's first, second, third line. If, if mm-hmm. Raquel, Steele, and Silverberg are playing twenty minutes a night, they're playing more minutes than anybody else. If he finds his way into the first power play unit after you know the first few months of the season, does you know stays healthy all year. There's a chance. There, there, uh, again, he's a dark horse, so it, it, more more than likely finishes 30, 40, 50 points on the highest level for him this year. But dark horse candidate, if everything goes well, if if that line stays together and plays really well, there's a chance that he'll be he could be up there with Raquel and Silverberg. I he's, um, he's probably going to be around 50 points if he plays a full season. Yeah, I think yeah. so. And he's then if obviously sure. if things if things if things go very well, he could be. Up in the area, we say Ricard Raquel is going to be that. That's a stretch for sure. Sixty or seventy is a stretch. That's a big but, stretch. Yeah, but that's why he's a dark horse, right? So yeah. there's maybe say dark horse uh, one more time. Dark horse. Dark horse. <laughs> uh, Ace, Ace Platinum uh, had a not really a question, but he Ace. had a, a thing in his. Is that chat. a real he name? Said, <laughs> he said, "If I had to guess your names, ages, and jobs," uh, he said, "Top left." So. 
Jason, that's you. He said oh, your name is uh, Chris, <laughs> 29, and an ice cream scooper who studies football management at college. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why are you still in college at 29, bro? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm dumb, yeah. but I do like ice cream, so. Uh, top right, <laughs> which is uh, which is me. Uh, my name is Jay. Sweet. <laughs> Jay. And uh, 25 and a water slide supervisor who just says, yep, next person. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a great job. Management. Great job. How old are you? How old are you? Uh, 25. 25. You like almost 25. nailed it on that? Uh, you got you. Yeah. <laughs> almost got you on that one. <laughs> uh, and then a uh, bottom person. That's you, Pat. Uh, yeah. You're Sam- Samuel. He didn't give a lot of information on you. He did you quick. You're Samuel, 28, and you're just a comic book bookstore manager. That's it. That's a pretty good job. <laughs> and I, I wish I was 20. And I turned 36 in two months. So yeah, I'm the uh, oldest one. Yeah. I'm 29. (laughs) 29 forever. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's get back to the Ducks. Mark on uh, Twitter, he asked us, will any more moves be made before the start of the season? Probably. I don't think think so. I don't think it's going to happen. I think you'll see something before Thanksgiving. I don't think you'll see something now. Uh, It depends on training camp. Uh, I think Bob Murray knows that getting out of the gate is going to be important. And if he's looking at this and it doesn't seem like it's working, quite honestly, it's not the forwards. I mean, the forwards, he's pretty much said, listen, we're going with the young kids at this point. But I know he's dying to do something on that defense. And he even, he even said it uh, when we went to uh, breakfast with Bobby. He said, uh, you know, he wanted uh, uh, a point guy uh, that was a right-handed shot defenseman. So he's probably going to try very hard to get it. Now, obviously, he's not going to be in charge of all of it. He's going to be, you know, the dance partner and what they want out of it. So he's not going to do anything that's going to put us in a bad spot. But I think he really wants to go into the season with his roster. I don't think he wants to try and wait and see if things work out down the road. I think he's got a good idea of of what he's going to get. And I thought he got a really good look at what he had when he went behind the bench at the end of last season. So I think he's got a clear idea of what he wants. Yeah, but he can't have a partner that kisses and tells like Tom Dundon. You got to find someone who keeps keeps the love a secret here. You got to figure this out. (laughs) You got to see where the relationship is before you start blurting it out, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, we're dating. (laughs) (laughs) We got a thing. We got a thing here. Shut up. (laughs) It's on Uh, Facebook. On Facebook before you can tell anyone. (laughs) The last question uh, was from Matthew. Kind of... Well, the the, the uh, Falk news, not to Anaheim, but the original Falk news that Elliot Friedman tweeted out, he said that when Gardner signed, he said there, that Justin Falk could be available. Uh, on the day after, uh, Matthew said, with Gardner signing with Carolina, could Falk be an option for the Ducks' blue line? That's pretty good. said that, and then no. three, I think I think four days after that or something, uh, the the rumor came out that the Ducks were involved in uh, in Justin Falk. We covered that, and it's not really a question. I just wanted to... Uh, to bring that up. Yeah, give him a shout-out for that, man. He was like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good possibility. Thanks, yeah. Tom Dundon, for ruining the opportunity for us to that's see what right. it would be like here. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think, I think that's it. We we just have uh, the Pacific Division preview, but we're saving that for a different show, full let's, show. Let's do that. Uh, yeah, we should make that a public show. We won't make it Patreon. That's not fair. We'll yeah, do, we'll, we'll do, do a full, full. full public Pacific Division preview. That'll be good. Will be fine. <laughs> um, do you guys totally have anything public. you want to chat about? I kind of, I kind of flashed these earlier. Some vinyl stickers. Mm-hmm. They will be at every watch party we do this this season to give away. We want to give them out. They can go on your car. They'll survive the rain. We got vinyl for a reason. We didn't get cheap stickers. Um, and they're all going to our Patreon members first. Uh, we need to figure out another meetup for that. 
If you're a Patreon member and you haven't gotten your hat, please DM us because we would love to send it to you or give it to you. Um, so yeah, let us know if you haven't gotten a hat. There's a couple of you They're out so there. So pretty. Um, and we need to put another, uh, you know, another order in for those because we need to get this back on the yeah. website. That last one has not sold. So we need to make sure <laughs> we put in. Left. Everyone wants the, you know, the snapbacks. <laughs> everyone wants the snaps. So we gotta, yeah. we gotta get those really? back in stock. That's what it seems like. Uh, um, you guys got anything else you want to add? Pucks and Brew show next weekend. That's for our uh, our top Patreon members. That'll be fun. Yeah. Do we have any yeah. new uh, Patreon members that we want to give a shout out? Uh, Chad was the newest one, and oh, okay. uh, we did give him a shout out. We did on the last yeah. one. Yeah. I need, I need to get him uh, and stickers and stuff too. So yeah. Other than that, uh, we have the Pucks and Brews, and then we have another Patreon bonus show that goes out before the end of the month. And then we have our – I think this is a this is, yeah, this is is yeah a new addition to our Patreon, the uh, Bobby's Bargain Bin game show. So that actually is live for everybody to come watch, but only uh, or some any, only people on Patreon actually can participate in it. So it's just a, a game show contest. We pick whatever game we haven't decided yet. It's different every month. And then uh, we end up giving away uh, – signed merchandise from one of bob murray's bargain bin specials to the winner and then we have a grand prize <laughs> at the end of the season we're still working out all the all the uh, all the you know little details for that one but that one actually is live for everybody to come see we'll tweet that out uh, on twitter so you can come watch it but like i said if you want to actually participate in and, and win uh, any of the merchandise we give away that's uh, that's reserved for patrons only well i think chris smith already invented one of the games like we'll just take random people's names who are in sports and then make you wonder or guess uh, which sport they're hockey? involved in is uh, this a hockey player or, or not and wh- if not wh- uh, who is this person I would lose every time. Would you like, oh, Dick yeah. Cheney? Jason's like, yeah, he's definitely yeah, a hockey yeah, 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 no, golfer, right? <laughs> yeah, or a gun enthusiast. <laughs> gun enthusiast. You got, you got to, you got to pick. Yeah, you got to pick ones that uh, aren't popular because you got to pick like yeah. the weird ones. Yeah, no, any Russian sure. name, you know, it's hockey. Yeah, yeah. or another could be tennis. Yeah, yeah. you could yeah, do that. Yeah. You could do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true, true. So, so bowling, we'll figure something bowling out. count as a sport. And remember, the prizes on Bobby's Bargain Ben are going to be really good because they're going to be <laughs> they players that bargain. you love. Very good. Very yeah. bargain. But then, the, a but nice then deal. if you're a Patreon member and you, everyone's going to be able to cycle through um, and do that, at the end, there is going to be a pretty bitch of prize at the end if you have the most wins throughout the season. So we'll yeah, definitely yeah. – we're putting this together. It'll, it'll come together before the end of the month. We'll definitely have one of those here yeah. uh, before September is over, which we have, what, two weeks? So we got to yeah. get on that. <laughs> season's Jeez. here boys yeah, yeah. <laughs> hockey's yeah. back um, and more anxiety you guys want to toss anything <laughs> into the show before we all, before we head out or should we uh, call it a day I think that's it I think we're good cool well hey everybody thanks for tuning in on the show today sorry for the reschedules um, yeah, it's nothing we could really do with the internet but it, it, I think this turned out great we all got to 3B on the show today and uh, sorry it was Sunday morning but that's just kind of the way it goes Saturday um, is it Saturday? Why did I think it was Sunday? It is Saturday morning. Oh, I'm so happy now. I thought tomorrow was. Yeah, was uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. you got another day. Made my day, work. and I was like, oh yeah, I'm yeah. going I'm to go see Iron Maiden tonight with uh, Patreon member Jimmy. So I'm gonna do yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to go back to your comic book job tomorrow. Oh, I know. On Monday. So yeah. Monday. Comic book stores closed on Sunday. Oh uh, yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. Jesus yeah, stay, day. Stay up yeah. to date with us on Twitter. Go to our website forevermighty.com. There'll be updates there too. Uh, check out our Patreon feed. That's everywhere as well. Uh, check out the prizes. I think we've really revamped it uh, this year to give back even more to the people who support us uh, financially like that. We can't tell you guys how much we appreciate it. But we also appreciate all those who can't. Just tuning in helps us out, spreads the word. Leave a review, please. Like, subscribe on our channels. That also helps spread the word there. 
Um, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Stay updated this week, and we'll see you next weekend, maybe. Bye, guys.